With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Lana Vienna Suite Preview. It's been a while, but with only 10 games left this season, we've decided to bring it back for the running and as one just pushed for promotion. Joining me tonight as ever, uh, Tom and James, and we'll be getting on to the Forest Green game, of course, uh, the big game on Sky this Saturday. But firstly, I just wanted to give my condolences on the on behalf of the entire uh, Lana Vienna Suite to the family and friends of former Bolton Wanderer striker Frank Worthington, who sadly passed away at the age of 72 earlier this week. Uh, for, for those who, who was able to watch him back in the 70s for Bolton, he was a mercurial talent, a true maverick. He lit up the pitch. He was instrumental in helping Bolton get promotion in 1978. He was the last Bolton Wanderers player to be the top goal scorer in the first division with 24 goals in 1979, beating the likes of Kenny which is some feat to do, especially in a Bolton shirt. No, uh, he played long before my time. Uh, of course, with you two gents as well, we've all heard stories of his goals and his um, his lifestyle off and you know on and off the pitch, how he, how he played and how he was off the pitch. And uh, um, do you two want to share a favourite story memory or um, maybe like a, just a little thing about Frank Worthington? Uh, I'll start with you, Tom. Yeah, my, my dad always talks about uh, Frankie Worthington as being one of the best players that, that he saw play for us. I think that there's a, a brilliant story where apparently a journalist asked him if he preferred um, AstroTurf or grass. And he said, I don't know, I've never smoked AstroTurf, <laughs> which, which, which always made me laugh. Um, but I think, I think one of the overriding things that I've always heard about Frank Worthington is obviously the Ipswich Town goal. But then my dad would always maintain, as Peter Reid has in, in the media this week, um, that the goal that he scored against QPR a few weeks later was, was even better. And I just think it's, it's, it, it really highlights the, the ability that, that this guy had on a football pitch that you know, people are talking about one of the greatest goals ever, ever scored in this country. And he's thinking, nah, it's not even in my top five. I, I love that about about him. And it's obviously a very, very sad loss for the footballing family. You only need to see the outpouring of uh, of sympathies that's, that's gone out in the, in the mainstream media to uh, his family and friends. And I'd like to echo th- those sympathies and obviously wish them well during what it must be a very, very difficult time. So rest in peace, Frankie. Of course, yeah, I've heard about that QPR goal as well. How sensational it is. I mean, the Ipswich one is absolutely fantastic, isn't it? But... It's just a shame the TV cameras weren't there. I mean, my dad used to, there's a little story for you. My dad used to live, um, his house was backed onto Radcliffe Burris ground and at the ripe old age of 40, uh, my dad saw from his bedroom window Frank Worthington score directly from a corner, which we'll see every day. Do you? Uh, James, do you want to just say a little something about Frank Worthington? Yeah, yeah, I'll keep it brief because I, I can't remember any specific stories related to Frank Wormington that my granddad might have told me, but he he has always consistently raved about how Frank Wormington is one of the greatest players to ever play for Bolton, or at least any that he's 
seen live. Um, I can't remember if he was there live in the crowd for that Ipswich goal, but he made, he constantly raves that about being the greatest goal that he's ever seen in his life, and nothing's ever going to top that. And yeah, it, it, it's it's a devastating loss, and it only shows how how much of an impact he had, not just on Bolton but on the clubs around him. When you see the tributes pouring in from the likes of Huddersfield. Leicester and even Chorley who he played for briefly towards the end of his career shows what kind of bloke he was and yeah it, it's a dev- it's a devastating loss and he's almost irreplaceable as far as bottom legends go absolutely yeah the working man's George Best will be missed um, just finally uh, obviously the goal against Dips which is, is his most famous goal particularly for any club and you think that is the best Bolton Wanderers goal Captured on film. Uh, start with you, Tom. I think it's got to be up there. I mean, I'm, I'm struggling to, to think of one that tops it. I don't, I don't think. I mean, we, we've seen some relatively spectacular goals down the years. I mean, Campos against Spurs and Nelkas against Arsenal really, you know, stand out for me, just because they're sort of my generation. But I think mm. when we when it comes to the final count and we look back at Bolton's history over the last hundred years or something like that, I think that goal against Ipswich is going to be the one that stands the test of time. So I think it would be. It would be um, it would be wrong of me to say anything other than it is the best one that um, has been ever captured on live television for Bolton Wanderers. Do we agree, James? Uh, absolutely. If if it was around in that time, that that goes a Puskas winner. It, it's oh, absolutely, yeah. it's absolutely sensational, and you could it, it. Fingers crossed, we were still around by then, but you could look um, five hundred years to the future, and that goal will still be played in Bolton Wanderers history. It's it's that good and it, it's a goal that you can never ever forget definitely yeah you don't see many goals where the referee applauds do you after it which is just absolutely brilliant to see okay so we will move on into this weekend's game against Forest Green uh, of course Forest Green above us in the table on 62 points I believe after their midweek draw against Mansfield Town They've won three of their last five at home. They've had a little bit of shaky form last couple of games, losing to Cambridge and, of course, as I've mentioned, Luke Jordan against Mansfield. Uh, what kind of test do you think they'll uh, give us, Tom, this Saturday? Uh, I think, as, as we said right at the start of the season, I think the, the first preview that we did was obviously for, for the Forest Green game. And it was um, we thought it was going to be a good litmus test for this division. They, they know how to win games in League 2. They know how to be a successful side in League 2. Um, and they've proven that over the course of the season that it doesn't look quite as bad as a defeat as it did at the time, given how well that they've done. So I'm, I'm expecting a very stiff test. Um, admittedly, I, I know that they do try and um, pass the ball around, but sort of have that that plan B to go long to Jamil Matt, who's been superb for them this season, 15 or 16 goals if memory serves. Um, so he'll be a, a, a big test for Ricardo Santos. Uh, and I, I think I said when I was on the, the, the Forest Green podcast, that um, whoever wins that battle between Santos and Matt will most likely win their side of the game, and I, I, I will stick to that. I really do think it's it's the crucial battle. Yeah, I think the defense really has to be on top of the game this weekend, don't they, James? Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, I mean, Jamil Matt, I think he's on the same amount of goals as Owen Doyle, which isn't too bad for a usual tar- target striker. Uh, I think it's the best return of his career, so that guy's clearly in form, and then. Uh, you have to know how um, decently the defence has held out. They've never been a high-scoring team of Forest Green this season, but defensively they've been quite solid with the likes of uh, Bailey Cargill and Chris Stokes at the back. Yeah, 
and the and and I think they also line up in the uh, three four one two that we were trying at the start of this season. So hopefully we know how to play against that. I do think their midfield has suffered a little from selling Winchester to Sunderland. Um, no offense to uh, Scott Wagstaff and that, but um, I I just think his leadership has has been missing for them in that midfield. And so hopefully we can take advantage of that using the experienced head of Kieran Lee and the uh, bullishness of MJ Williams to properly to properly test their for to pro- properly test their midfield and backline. Yeah, that was something that if you've not heard, listeners, uh, Tom was on a podcast, the Forest Green podcast, Heaven's Devils, is it called Tom? It is, yeah. Uh, um, two American fans who have followed Forest Green, which is uh, great for them, and they mentioned uh, the Wesley Hugo-Hand syndrome, uh, how he, he put in a blinder against them when, when they lost to Cambridge, and Tom mentioned Kieran Lee, so hopefully Kieran Lee can put, like James said, hopefully we can show the midfield and Kieran Lee's integral to that and puts in a similar performance to Wesley Hugo-Hand, even though you know, they're not very, you know, very similar players, but still. If he, I think it's going to help us as well. As I think Pierce, um, Pierce Sweeney, who's a a bit of a, a nuisance in their midfield. I think you know, six foot three, quite basically doing their MJ Williams job. I believe that, that he's unavailable for this game, and I, he really irritated the hell out of me during that during that opening game. Um, basically, bullied our midfield, which I think was of Brandon Connolly and Tom White at the time. So it's not hard to see how that happened. But yeah, I, th- I think we've been quite fortunate in recent weeks with a few um, key players for certain teams being out, and it seems to me that Forest Green have got a couple of uh, their key men out as well. So let's hope we can take advantage. Yeah, results and injuries have certainly gone our way in recent weeks, which isn't normal for Bolton Wanderers, is it? Normally, we're the ones getting injuries and crappy results. Uh, that's nice to see. You talked, James, about them playing a three-four-one-two formation. Do you think we'll stick with the same side? Do you think maybe fans might come out, or there might be a change in the midfield at that um, centre attacking mid position? Uh, I'd still say it's up for grabs. Uh, no one's really nailed down that place. I, I, I pretty much echo the same points that uh, I made last week. I think only Darpo's really nailed down his place in that three behind Doyle. R- rests all up for rests all up for grabs between the likes of Funz, Isgrove, uh, Gnua, Elbazedi, Madison. Any of them could prob- could maybe take a spot in there at this point. Just depends uh, what they would want to go for. Really, um, considering that they're playing a three at the back, and we slightly struggled a bit with that against Walsall initially with their three at the back, um, might be us to you know uh, push, at, push someone forward closer alongside Dale like we did to, like we did in the second half, and you know really wear out wear out their back line to hopefully get on the front foot and not suffer from the same dismal first half that we had last game so yeah so I'm not sure who you'd exactly line up but considering what I just said I'd probably stick I'd probably stick with Delfonso but keep him higher up myself but I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised to see him change it around mm-hmm. yeah I think um you mentioned Elvis I did I think um if you can have play the sort of game you did against Port Vale to stretch them a little bit you know run run the game out um trouble with his pace I think it could be a good option off the bench in the second half yeah I'm wondering and... if he suffers uh, from the same problems that Arthur Ganua does where he just seems to have a lot more of an impact coming from the bench rather than yeah. starting the two games that he started for us he was frankly abysmal in both and even though he fluffed his chances 
And um, who was that against? Uh, Ray Fluff, the two chances. Leighton Orient, I think. Yeah, Leighton Orient. Um, yeah, even though he fluffed those two chances, his pace and his drive to get forward really did uh, threaten them. And and we all mentioned Port Vale, where it may be planting the seeds for a slight redemption, considering how much I especially have ragged on him, <laughs> admittedly. But yeah, uh, it's 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 open, it's open. But I still fancy us to you know give them a, give them a good contest and continue the unbeaten run, preferably with a win, because you know we we want that title. It's conceivable. Is uh, I'll come to you, Tom, on this. Uh, if he's back from Hogwarts in time, you see Marcus, <laughs> Marcus Madison finally doing something worthy in a Bolton shirt. Do you think in front of the Sky Cameras, do you think he'll finally turn it on? You know, he's out of contract to Charlton in the summer, <clears throat> really needs to, you know, have an impact if he's going to get a decent move. Uh, whether that's keep staying with us, which I don't think is likely at the minute, or get you know, being higher than League Two, do you, do you see this being the game that he, he finally turns it on? I said it in um, the last main podcast that he wouldn't shot me in the slightest that in front of the Scott cameras he decides to, to switch it on. Um, but, you know, I, I, I don't like the fact that he seems to be doing his level best to just make it as blindingly obvious to anyone who's got any kind of sense that his heart's really, really not in it at the moment. Um, you can post what you like on social media. You can be as much of a, be as much of a knobhead on social media as, as you like as long as you're doing it on the pitch. You know, this is why... The best players who have these social media presences and interact with fans and you know try and make jokes or whatever, they're usually at the top of the game because they don't. It's not a fair reflection of their actual overall commitment to the cause. And at the moment, you hear so many stories and you see far too much baggage with Marcus Madison for there not to be some kind of issue behind the scenes. You know, not all of it's going to be true. I completely con- uh, concede that, but some of it is probably going to be. And yeah, I, j- I just like to see him focus up a little bit, really take the opportunity that he's been given because when he was given this move in January, the entire purpose would have been to play himself back into form at a level that is clearly below his his ability. Um, And he's not taken that opportunity, whether that be down to attitude or whether that be down to being out of match practice and not being given some kind of free role in this this Ian Ebert side where everyone is supposed, it has to be a bit more functional rather than free. I don't know. I think it's a combination of factors that have meant that he's not been up to his game. But as I say, it wouldn't shock me in the slightest for him to think, oh, Sky Cameras are here, play myself into the shop window. I'm going to bang one in from 30 yards. And if he does that, no complaints whatsoever because it's beneficial to us. But um, I think that shot window would be at another club rather than at Bolton. I, I don't really see it fitting at this point. No, especially in the summer as well. Now we can spend a little bit of money. You know, Ian Everett can have a, a budget to a better team whether we're in League 1 or League 2 next season I just yeah I just can't see us taking another risk on Marcus Madison if he's not I would sooner us go for someone who like Adapo of of that similar mould who's hungry Mm. to try and move up the leagues rather than someone who's had success at a high level who believes they're doing us a favour I think that's what's been so refreshing about the attitude of Kieran Lee in the this is a man who clearly just wants to play football and doesn't have any kind of preconceptions about his previous ability or, or or previous status as a very, very high-level championship player, wanted to play football, wants to be in a successful side. And that's shone through in his performances. And I think, you know, Madison could do with taking a leaf out of his book. Definitely, yeah. Um, we already have I, that I player. I still find him. We already have that player. He's just, he's just been out injured, though. Politic. 
Very true. It, it, I tell you what, isn't it refreshing to to have not only options on the bench to be able to change games, but have arguably our most exciting player not even in the team and able to come back into what is already an exciting side. It's I tell you what, it's, it's, it's ridiculously positive around Bolton at the moment. I think we've said this numerous times. We're actually looking forward to games at the moment. Mm. You know, this is a big game where in seasons past I would have been terrified about us having our asses handed to us. But I'm really looking forward to it and wanting to go in and and uh, give them give them a pummeling instead. Definitely, um, it's weird, isn't it? Waking up with a smile on your face on a Saturday morning, excited to watch the football, and not dreading those ninety minutes. It's a new decade, boys. It is indeed, isn't it? Um, so I'll just finally to wrap up on the Forest Green game. I'll just get your score predictions, lads. So I'll start with you, James. Mm, I, I'd assume this to be a tight affair. I think we'll squeeze a one nil. Uh, are you going to stick with your 2-1 from the Heaven's Devils, Tom? Uh, I think I'm going to have to. Like, as I said to them at the time, it wouldn't shock me in the slightest if there was, uh, you know, if it was decided by the odd goal. Um, but it, I think it's going to be a very, very tight affair. So 2-1 might be a little bit over, over-excitable, but, but I'll stick with it because I, I'd like to think that we can... Um, I think it'll be a typical Bolton game, if you know what I mean. We'll go 2 it up and be cruising and then for the last 20 minutes concede and then be absolutely shitting ourselves. So <laughs> that wouldn't shock me in the slightest to see that happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think I'll agree with you there, Tom. I think uh, it does depend who's going to win that Santos map battle. And yeah, it's going to be a close one, whichever way it goes. Right, uh, we're going to end the podcast tonight uh, with a little quiz about Forest Green. Are, are you ready, lads? Always. Mm-hmm. You're going down, James. Yeah. As, always, if you're, as always, if you remember, it's been a good six months since we've done this, so you might not. Uh, just, <laughs> just, shout, just shout your name out if you, if you think you know the answer. Uh, okay, so we've got five questions here. Question number one: Which Forest Green Rovers player started his career at Bolton? Tom. Go on, Tom. Chris Stokes. Is indeed, yep. Yeah, as mentioned on the Heavens Devils podcast, that's one nil to uh, Tom. Unfair advantage to me there, I think a little bit. <laughs> Just a little bit, yeah. <laughs> but James should have listened. Question <laughs> number two. <laughs> nah, I never listened to Tom. Fair enough. Question number two: uh, Ibu Adams has seven caps for which country? Uh, James. James. Is it Gambia? It's Gambia. Yeah, that's one all. How the hell well did I pull that one out? <laughs> that's a belting shout, that is. Yeah, fantastic answer. Uh, question number three. Uh, I think we had this question last time, but I could not be bothered checking if, uh, if we did or not on the last Forest Green one. Forest Green shirts are made from 50% of what? James. Tom. Or oh, Tom just got in there first. What did he Bamboo, isn't it? <laughs> Get better on, internet connection. That's probably what your problem is. Oh, so it was bamboo. Sorry, I said it was bamboo. Uh, right, yeah, that's the right answer. Two on to Tom. Uh, question number four Who is Forage Green Rovers' all time top goal scorer? James. Oh, Tom. For purpose of making it uh, a close call, say so James got there first. Uh, Chris Dodge. He's Dodge, yep. 2-2. Ooh, tiebreaker tie going to the last question. Are you excited? Question number five, uh, which is a similar question to what we had last time. I had to change it up a little bit. Apart from the unicorn, which other creature features on the Forest Green Rovers badge? James. It's a lion. It is indeed a lion with a little crown. <laughs> so James is the winner, three to two. Well done, James. What happened to me going down, Tom? <laughs> 
Uh, th- th- there's far too many jokes that I could make that wouldn't be suitable for this podcast. Yeah, whatever. You're the no. south end of this quiz. <laughs> Don't tell Mark ours. <laughs> right, on that note, uh, we're going to leave it there. So thank you very much for joining us for this line of the Sweet preview. Uh, hopefully we'll be back next week um, as Bumma just push for promotion, uh, but we never know with us. Um as always, you can listen to the main podcast hosted by Tom or the Line of Vienna Rewind with Lee and Chris, which is also coming back and being recorded right after this one. So keep an eye out for that as well. So thank you to Tom and James for joining us and we'll see you next week.